Hey guys, welcome back to Relationships with Marijke. I have another exciting guest on the show, Jonay Boeta. I'm so excited to have you here. So she is a communication and arts director at Doxodeo Brooklyn. And today uh, we will be discussing the topic of thinking and listening environments. Jonay, welcome. Thank you so much, Marika. I'm so excited to be here. And I love the topic of listening and thinking. So you're super excited. Awesome. So tell me, how did you come across this topic? So it's it was a process. I actually... Um, I'm quite an extrovert, so you talk a lot. And then at some point in your life, someone will like just show you a blind spot. A blind spot is something that you don't know you do, but someone should point it out. Mm -hmm. And um, a friend of mine actually said, she's like, do you realize that when you walk into a a, um, conversation, you sort of just start talking? And I was like, no, I didn't think I was that um, intrusive in my my way of uh, going about things. And she just pointed it out and that's where my whole journey started with figuring out how to be a better listener and creating a thinking environment for people um, because that example of just busting into a relation or conversation actually, it takes away from the conversation what that was happening there. You take someone out of their comfort zone mm. or their train of thought and yeah, that's where my that journey started. Two of the references or um, materials that was quite helpful is the book Time to Think from Nancy Klein and Vanessa von Edwards actually spoke at the GLS conference. Um, that's the Global Leadership Summit. And she talks about body language and cues and questions. And that was so, so interesting to mm. me. So that's where it all started. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, well, I must say um, I'm also somewhat of an extrovert. And uh, I also had an experience where someone pointed out to me that a lot of times um, one of the stuff that I do when I'm in a conversation with someone is that I will be busy, like I will listen with the intention of answering and not listening with the intention of actually hearing them out, like seeing their perspective. Um, So you spoke previously while we were talking um, about a a Bible verse, if you can maybe share on that. Yeah, so the one I was um, referring to is John 13, where it says um, that Jesus spoke to his disciples and said the biggest commandment is actually to love one another as you love yourself. And um, if you love someone, you actually take time and you listen to them Mm. properly or well in a, in a good relationship Mm. that is. But uh, so that basis of listening and thinking is actually very biblical. Um, If you think back on where God walked in the garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, they had a conversation. Mm. They listened, they Mm. spoke, they replied, they weren't rushed. There was no technology around. And that's all of the things that happen in our lives that take away from good conversations and creating thinking environments for people to really just have the ability to think. Mm. Um, We want to, uh, we listen to answer and we want to basically think for them because we have this idea that we are a little bit better equipped perhaps, or we have more information about the topic. So you just want to, life is such a rush, Mm. you maybe just want to give them the answer, but you don't allow them to think about it. And I also sometimes think that um, it might be a thing of 
control um we we as people we we struggle to let go of the control and um as soon as we hear someone um who has a, a thought they they think about something and then all of a sudden you think about something as well and then you want to take that control and bring it into the conversation and i think one of the stuff about actually actively listening is laying down that control and giving that other person the opportunity to share their thoughts um, what's going on in in their mind and for us as active listeners in a good and healthy mature relationship we should be open to you know for that moment being like okay let me let me lay down my control let me listen actually listen to what this person, this person that I love. So I love the thing that you say about love, because if you really love someone, you want to be purposeful in that relationship. You want to um, actually focus on what's going on in their heart. So I heard this thing of um, listening with the ear of your heart. And that was so beautiful. Oh, very beautiful. Yeah. Listening with the ear of your heart. Um, and, and that's like, saying you know what i care about you so i want to i want to know what's on your heart i want to know what you have to say so um in this topic we are going to be discussing some some components yes. as how to actively listen and think so what can be some key components that we can bring into that so the first one is you said it, you listen with your heart. And when you listen with your heart, you actually pay attention to someone. Mm. So that's the first key component that you can think about is um, attention. Giving someone your complete focus at the moment. Not being distracted by technology, um, your next appointment, your next conversation that you need to have, um, rushing to somewhere, somewhere else. You actually look at a person, you look them in the eye, and you give them your full and 100% mm -hmm. attention. Um, and that just creates an environment for a person to feel at ease. They feel cared for they yeah. feel important um so paying attention is definitely the first step in really listening well and giving them the space to think about how they're going to answer mm. yeah i also think that um an important thing to bring into a conversation like that so um i have this rule that when i'm in a conversation especially something that's serious my friends come to me they want to talk about something I put my phone on do not disturb I put it away um, so that th because I feel like in our society today we are so focused on our phones one of the stuff that really gets to me like I am so I'm a quality um, quality time type of person okay so um, as soon as I'm busy trying to talk to someone and they have their phones out and they're on their phones looking at, yeah, 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 no, no, I'm, I'm listening to you. In that moment, I, I don't feel loved. I don't feel that this person is actually listening to me and they're not paying attention to what I'm saying. So I definitely do um, agree with that, you know, making a point in putting away the electronics, making time to pay attention to that person. Yeah, that's um with, I just think putting away a phone, then you end up having your phone on your wrist as a smartwatch. And oh. so that's another thing that yes. you need to like figure out. And do it not happens. disturb. Do not disturb, <laughs> but like take it off or mm. put it aside. And that just makes someone feel like 
worthy mm. of your time and attention. And my love language is actually words of affirmation. Mm. So if someone doesn't even pay attention to you, how can they affirm you if yes. they don't know what's happening around them? That takes us to the next point, and that's um, incisive questions. Okay. And that's really getting to the heart of a question. Um, you allow a person the environment and the place to process what you just asked and you do the same so you listen to them with the same um quality that you would want them to listen to oh, you as yes. well so that's that's the next thing it's incisive questions wow that's really good i love that um it's it's that thing of do unto others what you yeah so i i think that that's really awesome to to have a look at it that way like if if I was in this situation um how would I want the person to be listening to to me um yeah that's actually one of the things how you want to listen to but think about it if you walk into a room and you think that you're actually uh, confident about the topic that's being discussed we tend to like not value ourselves as we value others sometimes mm. and you put yourself down mm. you think that you you're not um knowledgeable enough about it but if you walk in there thinking that you're the most clever person in the room not being arrogant but just like being clever you can engage the world completely differently mm. um so that's that's one of those aspects and then the next one is putting someone at ease and that's so so important if that person feels that what they are saying is gonna change the way you look to them or um think about them they they become at ease mm. and you can tell them if you see they're nervous or something you can actually ask um what was the best or worst thing of your day today and it just takes away like emotions puts them at ease and they know that you're there focusing on them for that time even if you have to put a time frame on it because like we said life is quite rushed so you could say Marika, I want to listen to your story. Um, let's have a cup of coffee. I have 20 minutes. I really, really want to hear what your your thoughts are on this topic. Then there's a time frame. You're at ease. You've got a cup of coffee. Um, life is just comfortable. And that just creates a whole environment where people can ask questions and think better. And what would you say, like with this in ease aspect, let's say you're in a situation where um, you are... In conflict with someone like you start off a conversation and then all of a sudden this leads to conflict um, but there's not necessarily a maturity on on both ends um, how would you say then to create an environment of ease so I have a rule that if you are if the conflict gets too intense take a walk even if it's just out the door and in the door, that moment of like opening a door and closing a door actually takes away um, that tension and that brings ease into a room. So if you're not mature and you can't listen to the person from their stance, then take a break. Take a minute because um, I have a good friend who says emotions don't have intellect. Mm. And that's quite interesting mm. because when you're that emotional in a conversation, then your thinking ability just goes out the window mm. and you just react. Mm. And then you're not reacting with your heart. You're reacting from a completely different place. And that's not where we want to be. Mm. Um, that was, uh, the Bible says you're, you will, what your heart is full of will come out of your mouth. Yes. So if you are too angry, 
walk away mm. because what's in your heart at that moment might not be the thing that is needed in that conversation or to just defuse the conflict. Mm. Yeah, but so- sadly, sometimes we have um, both parties who are very immature. And I think um, in especially in those moments, um, then it's just like this head-on-head collision and there's, there's no way of getting out of it. There's no good communication. But I also kind of feel like the listeners, the people listening to this. So, so I have this this saying: um, if you have the revelation, you have the responsibility. That's so. That's so good. Yeah. So that's like one of my like Holy Spirit thoughts and convictions. And I feel like um, people listening to to this, learning about you know the active thinking and listening. Now that we've, we're giving them the revelation, they now have the responsibility to incorporate that into, into their relationships. Um, so besides the ease, what other components are there? So with responsibility, you said if you have the revelation, you have the responsibility. So um, in that, you need to appreciate the people around you. You need to appreciate that they've taken the time out to sit with you, to chat to you. And even in conflict, that's quite important. If you don't appreciate the other person's input, then I, I see trouble on the horizon. But if you appreciate and respect each other, then um, it's, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. Because then with respect, comes uh, you get responsibility with respect you get um you're at ease with respect because you know i might not agree with what you're saying but i respect you as a person and that is something that comes with maturity but it's also something that you can implement for yourself if you give yourself like five steps okay walk away breathe count to 10 um stay quiet for five seconds or um I'm going to like give you a talking stick. You can talk now and I'll be quiet for Mm -hmm. that time. So there's actually ways that you can make someone feel appreciated and put them at ease as well. Mm. So that's important. Yeah. And I also think like um, linked to this appreciation and appreciating the other person is also appreciating what God has created. So the amazing thing about us as human beings is that all of us are different. All of us think different we have different personalities like nobody is the same or thinks the same that I do nobody there might be a few same personality traits but um, that same person with the same personality trait might not have like grown up in the same environment as me so I think with the appreciation we should also learn how to appreciate each other's quirks um, each other's way of thinking and not just force your ideas and the way you do stuff onto someone else just like really appreciating the uniqueness of that person that takes us to the next step actually and that's called diversity and that's exactly what you just said i think the holy spirit spoke to you about this (laughs) and you preempted it um no equality is so important because um in diversity because Within diversity, we've got such a beautiful country with so many different um, people, languages, cultures. Mm. And if you really 
celebrate that diversity. It brings a whole nother level into um, listening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also quite interesting that I found is that um, culturally we have different ways of listening and knowing who you're speaking to and mm-hmm. having them understand you is always a good base point to start off with um, that, that of understanding what happens. There's an example in um, Vanessa von Edwards' book about um, in the Japanese culture, is looking someone in the eye is quite disrespectful. Oh, wow. But in our culture, if you don't look at someone, yes. then um, you're not respecting them. So it's also interesting to find out about different cultures. If you're traveling, mm. if you're in your work environment, who's going to come into the room, understanding the people around you and really celebrating diversity um, in every aspect of life, but especially in listening and thinking. Because if we all thought the same, life would be pretty boring. So luckily we think differently and that just brings, um, I think that brings a vibrancy to your life. If you people, if you allow people with different thoughts to speak into Mm. your life and if you really listen to them. And I also think that the thing of, active listening has this thing of being open to learning from each other because if you if you allow yourself to actively listen to the diversity actively listening to what that person is saying through that you might actually learn something from them um like I said previously, letting go of that control, letting go of your own way of thinking and almost a sense of pride thinking that, you know what, I know everything. Um, but when when walking into a conversation, um, instead of having that, that thing of I already know everything, Go in it like you know. Uh, I don't know any. I don't know everything, but I'm willing to learn anything. Um, and I think yeah, that is very important when when speaking to people. Definitely, um, people tend to focus on themselves a lot, and mm. if you do, um, that's very short sighted. Because if you look forward and towards other people, you can always learn from them. Um, Jesus had twelve disciples that he had, and he learned from each one of them. They each brought something to their conversation, their thinking environment that led to a healthy friendship, that led to real relationships, not superficial ones. Mm -hmm. If you really listen to someone, one of the other points um, that you can think about in this is about feelings. If you walk into, we spoke about um, conflict a little bit earlier, but if you just think about having a, a bad day, and uh, you just rush into a place and you've had a bad day and you're just like pouring it out on someone else. They don't really um, deserve that. Mm. And they're not going to think the same way. If you were in an office with your boss and he had a really, really bad meeting before and he comes in and he's quite aggressive, you take that on, on yourself mm. and you stop thinking your normal way because you're not at ease. You're not feeling comfortable. Mm. So one of the things we started doing in some of our meetings is starting the day off by going around the room and asking people, what was your highlight and your low light of the past day or the day of the meeting? And you just go around the room. Nobody interrupts each other. Nobody um, makes a comment. And that just puts feelings like it just, it's like water on a fire. Everything is just natural and quiet and you can just relax and Mm. then when you relax people just start listening properly they think in more creative ways i'm in a quite a creative environment and we really need to 
get all of those feelings and stuffy things out of it so that within our relationship with one another, within our relationship with the world around us, we are at ease and we Mm. put our feelings aside and we can really Mm. listen. Yeah, and I also think that there's a lot of people that struggle so much in actually expressing their feelings and I think um, a lot of situations which leads to conflict is um, not opening up to what you're feeling walking into the house you had a bad day but now you're taking it out on everybody instead of walking into the house okay you had your bad day you tell your friends your family your wife your husband you know what, Um, I had a bad day today. I'm not feeling that great at this moment. Just give me me half an hour. Let me just go sort out my feelings in the next room. When I come back, we we can talk about it. Um, actually, start start speaking up, opening up to to what you're feeling. I think is very important, um, which can eventually lead to to good open communication is actually just expressing how you're feeling or if someone says something in a conversation that you don't agree with or that's not making you feel great speak up about it say you know what I'm feeling uncomfortable about this Um, I'm I'm feeling uh, emotional sad angry whatever whatever you're feeling be open and express that because if if I don't tell you what I'm feeling and let's say something happened at work today and I'm feeling all of these emotions because of that you and we're in a house together and you had a great day and now I like put all of my emotions and my feelings expressing it onto you obviously you're going to think you did something mm-hmm. you did something wrong um, so if there's no open communication in it's not you like from the start say you know what something bad happened at work today this is why I'm feeling the way it's not you like I'll talk to you about it um, instead of just keeping quiet and biting everyone's heads off and nobody's really knowing like understanding what's going on but I also think that there's a different type of um, maturity then on the other person's side so that when a person walks into the house and they're not they have like these angry emotions or whatever to not immediately take it on to yourself mm-hmm. and be like you know what um if I trace back the day I was I wasn't with this person I haven't seen this person in a week whatever um maybe this maybe I'm not the problem maybe this person is just going through something else um let me just give them a moment to try and figure out what they are feeling instead of immediately just like throwing that on top of yourself and saying like, oh, it must be me. That's actually, if you think about it, that's grace. Mm. Having grace with the person that walks into the room, having grace with yourself that you are experiencing feelings. Because I think people suppress their feelings as well because they don't want people to um, have to take it on. Because we're, uh, we are unfortunately a generation that um, take things personally in a negative way. Like you, someone will say it and you'll just take it on the assumption mm-hmm. that it was meant for you. And you, um, so if you create that grace environment for a person to just have grace of themselves, have grace with you, then um, that also opens up thoughts. I'm thinking about if, if you think about what Jesus does in our lives, he's actually so gracious in mm-hmm. he's there when you want to talk. 
He understands when you have a bad day that you're not like when you're bursting out and putting everything and that you're angry. He doesn't take it onto himself. He doesn't take offense because he is the ultimate. He's so mature in his way that he loves people. Um, he is the ultimate gentleman. And that's something we can um, strive towards mm-hmm. is listening um there's that, what would Jesus do? But why, how would Jesus listen, actually? That mm. would be quite an interesting thought because yes. um, you can't have a conversation with someone if you're just bombarding in and um, chucking all your emotions mm. on that person. But there's also a responsibility, like you said, um, within yourself to, to communicate. We um, are stuck behind phones. And I always say, texts don't have feelings either. Mm. How often have you read a text message or a WhatsApp and you're just like, oh, I can't believe that person is saying that and they didn't use any emojis or whoever. Like, please, people, use emojis. No, I'm just kidding. My my friends that's uh, younger than me, they actually came to me like, Jay, please use some emojis because we don't know what you're saying. And that's generational, actually. People are used to typing and you can read it whichever way you feel. It's the way you're feeling that same day. So it's also actually asking questions like you said please i don't understand this can you clarify it is this what you meant because i'm reading that into it mm-hmm. um and that communication is quite crucial um for healthy relationships and especially we're talking about communication listening thinking your phone has ears mm-hmm. whatsapp needs to be interpreted in the same way are you giving a person a place to voice their concerns are you giving them um are they comfortable telling you what they're feeling without you reacting in some way um, because you can't take back those words. Mm. Yes, there's the delete for everyone, but um, that's quite like, I, I think it's a bad trade because it, it takes away that responsibility of how you're going to reply to things. So we just need to like really care for one another in that way. It's just be comfortable and allowing people to just be themselves as well and understanding differences. Yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree, especially with the emojis. I'm aware. I, and I also think that, um, you know, our generation, we're big overthinkers. We overthink every single thing. Um, and I also think that we're a, not like a, a scared, scared generation, but scared of asking questions, scared of being open to like hey like am I reading into this wrong am I doing it right because I think we're scared of the rejection Mm -hmm. behind it it's it's that same um I think it's in Timothy where it says don't young men don't be um or you shouldn't think that you you know less just because you're young um and that's something where I want to encourage people to really like step up and say um I have a voice I have questions, I have an opinion, and I can bring that to the table. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to be afraid of voicing your your opinion and your thoughts and asking someone to listen to you, saying, um, I respect your point of view. Do you mind listening to me for mm-hmm. a moment? Um, that's good communication skills. It shows you when you ever, from if you're 18-year-old and you're starting a new job, you can ask for clarification. Mm-hmm. You can ask someone to please explain it further to you or say, I really feel I have a valuable point to raise. Can I please raise it at some point during the meeting and reminding someone because they might just forget. Um, But 
so that's that's some of the things that's so crucial is that people understand that their their voice has meaning. Mm. Their voice should be listened to, but it the way you ask questions and the way you go about things are that's that's quite important. And it comes back to the quality of your life is determined by the quality mm. of your questions. I don't know yes. if you've ever heard that yes. said, but so that is so true. Um the when I really understood when I had the revelation about that, it changed a lot of things to me because I could actually ask better questions um, and understand if I asked really silly, superficial questions, you're not going to get proper mm. um, answers. So spending time about thinking what you're going to ask, how you're going to communicate, that just improves the quality yeah. of your life in general. Like for instance, um, don't ask such, someone just like, how was your day? Because that's such a vague question. Like your day, it was a whole like 10 hour, 12 hour day. Um, but asking better questions like what was the high of your day? What was the low? Um, uh, what What's that? The three, the three questions that John usually asks his so, daughter. Uh, so John is my, my boss at work and he always asks like, what was your, um, your high, your low? And your um, the good, the bad, and, and the, the ugly. ugly. Yes, yes. A, I was like, it's a movie Yo. title, and it's very old. So, like, <gasps> but the good, the bad, and the ugly of your day, and that's he. He tells the story of how he um, picked up his daughters from school, and he was like, "How's your day?" And they're like, "Good." Mm. And he said, "I actually left a meeting to come and pick you up, and what you can just tell me is good." good. So, um, asking the good, the bad, and the ugly actually gives you um, the person the ability to answer more comfortably, more um, inclusively, and with a better like understanding of what you're asking them because it's not so um, like pinpointing one thing. Open-ended questions are the best questions mm. to ask because it allows the person to think about what they're going to answer. Anything with a yes-no answer is never going to give you all the information. Mm. So asking that type of, so what was the highlight of your day? Not, did you have a highlight? Because then they'll just say yes. yes. And you're like, yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to pull teeth and ask you the next question. Do you have some fun, open-ended questions that you usually use when you're in group settings or maybe in one-on-ones? So there's actually three layers of questions that that you can think about when you walk into a conversation. And that's an amazing tip that I can give you guys is the first one would be starting small. That's an easy question. Uh, if you walked into a, a room, you could ask a person, what's the best thing you read or saw? Um, what's the best um, TikTok you saw today? And someone can tell you, this one or show you that one or say I read um, this new book it allows it's an open-ended question but it's quite um, superficial it's not so in-depth then you've got your icebreaker questions that's a little bit more personal and um, it goes a little bit deeper so that would be um, if you read this book what was the one thing that confronted you spiritually or um, emotionally that goes deeper. The person mm -hmm. has to be a little bit more vulnerable when they ask that question. And then thirdly is building connections. That's, um, that's the really heart-to-heart -heart type of con uh, questions that you ask a person. Um, and that, that's the things that makes them feel special. So you would ask them, for instance, um, 
What's your love language? And we actually spoke about mm. it earlier. Um, that builds connection with a person. Um, and they are, you can go deeper. The moment you've got those three layers uncovered, you can actually get to the heart of a person. But that's just three easy ways to like ease in. Start small, the type of icebreaker questions, and then going deeper. If you see it's a person you're not like overly excited to speak to you maybe it's an introvert you don't dive in with a um, deep question <laughs> exactly so a quick question about like what they read um or if you're at a new uh, meeting or something you can ask them are you part of this organization or how do you know the host uh and that just opens up because you are building a relationship you're building, building connections so that's some of the questions that i can just give you guys to um some tips or tricks about mm. it mm. so three um open-ended questions or not really open three levels of questions that i can tell you guys about that just helped me so much is the first one being it's the quick and easy starting small type of questions so you walk into a room you would say do you know about anybody in this room or do you know the host or you can go, if you're a little bit bold, you can say, so who's your celebrity crush? Because we all have one, mm. let's face it. That's a very easy question. You can giggle about it. You can laugh about it. And then you've got your icebreaker type of questions. That's going a little deeper and learning about that person more. So it would be like, perhaps, Mareika, if you had a superpower, what would that be? Because whatever you answered is going to reveal a little bit about yourself mm. and you can go deeper in, into that. And then the third one, the third one would be a deeper question um, about perhaps what is your love language? Um, what is your favorite book of all time? How did that book emotionally affect you? Mm. And you need to like know a person a little better. From question one, if you're starting small and you're seeing that person is completely disengaged because they're super uncomfortable, you can just hover in the starting small questions. And that won't be, that won't, they won't feel like they need to answer something. Maybe you're talking to an introvert. We don't know how it feels, you and me, because we're like super extroverted, <laughs> but like considering them as well. Yes. So you can hover in that questions as, um, do you have any of those questions that you often ask people? Yeah, so I actually do have um, three three questions. So I learned this um, communication technique, especially trying to resolve conflict. And I actually do practice it with my family and my friends. Um, so th there's a few rules behind it. So the first rule is that there's a person A and there's a person B. When person A speaks person B may not say a word until person A at the end says thank you. Then it means person A is finished speaking. Until that point, you are not allowed to speak. So we usually then start off with a question, um, what works for you in this relationship? Or what works for you um, with this job, you know, or whatever, whatever the thing is that you're busy trying to resolve or solve out. Um, that's, that's what you ask, like what works for you. Then person A speaks, whatever they want to speak. Person B, even if, especially with conflict, even if person A says something um, that they don't agree with, they may not speak. At the end, say thank you. Then person A asks person B, what works for you? Then the same thing happens. 
Second question is, what does not work for you? And then that also gives the opportunity for that person to openly express exactly everything that does not work. Because what I've noticed sometimes in um, in conflict, we we talk about a lot of stuff, stuff that's not working, stuff. And then um, after this, this exercise, you actually realize what's the important key stuff. So that leads us to the, the third question is, um, what, what, um, what are you carrying? Like if you think about a bag, something maybe that's heavy, um, what are you carrying? A carrying might be something good. Um, I'm carrying the excitement that is my friend's wedding or um, I'm carrying the stress that I have an upcoming exam or it could be something very specific I'm carrying the fact that um, for weeks now I've been asking you to do this one thing and you still haven't done it and then usually um, in the in the conflict scenario most of the deeper stuff comes out in the in the third and final final question um so those are sometimes yeah stuff that that really works for me um but yeah like also kind of to end off to pull this thing back to the center like is there anything else um something important that you feel you want to add to this i really feel what you just said about what are you carrying it's cast your burdens onto me Mm. jesus said because my yoke is light yes so it's asking it, it helps if someone knows that you are willing to listen to them and willing to carry something with them. Mm. But real relationships tend to boil down to the fact of people caring for one another, valuing one another, giving them space and treating each, each other as equals. So I think that's, that's the, my takeaway from today is creating environments where people can really think will improve the questions you ask will improve the way you listen if you think about if a person has the ability to think. So give them the attention. Create a place. Take away the feelings. Put them at ease. Celebrate diversity. And um, encourage people. Encourage mm-hmm. them. Um, be their cheerleader. Life is so um, negative sometimes. Be the cheerleader that people need in certain um, environments. And they'll start thinking um, more creatively, more like constantly and when you think constantly you actually you can have better relationships because you're present all the time so that's just some of the takeaways that i would love people to go try out and give us some feedback on if they like gave a person attention did you get a better conversation started or if you set up a good place or took away the feelings and diffused it um are you having success with that that Mm -hmm. would be quite interesting getting some feedback yeah 